my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Recently, I was speaking to a gentleman who had just gone to his 20-year high school reunion. And he was telling me that when he arrived at the reunion, he saw a girl there who he remembers that he had a crush on in high school. And he was so afraid to ask this girl out because he wasn't sure what her response was going to be that he never did. And so 20 years later, she shows up at the reunion and they're having this conversation. And she tells him, you know, in high school, I had a crush on you. And I was waiting for you to ask me out, but you never did. My brothers and sisters, while that is a sort of frivolous example, it does remind us what fear can do in our lives. Fear can paralyze us. Fear can prevent us from following God's will. Fear can prevent us from opening the doors to our heart to the opportunities that God has waiting for us. And because of that fear or because of that anxiety or because of that dread, we find ourselves behind locked doors. In the gospel today, we have right in the beginning the disciples. And did you notice how the evangelists opened this particular passage? On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. You see, my brothers and sisters, there were the disciples. On Sunday evening, after the resurrection, cowering behind locked doors because of their fear, because of their anxiety, because of their dread. And oftentimes, my brothers and sisters, we are called to be a people of faith, but oftentimes, my friends, we live our life as a people of fear because we allow our fears to take control of not only our lives, but we allow our fears to shelve our faith. And we stay behind locked doors. We stay in our sinfulness because we are afraid to ask for God's mercy because sometimes we believe our sin is bigger than God. And so we find ourselves in chains. The disciples, my friends, they were living in fear at that moment. And certainly we could go through many of the reasons why they were there in their fear. And I just offer a few of you, a few of them this morning for our reflection because I believe, my friends, that particular fear and these particular examples relate to each of us in our lives. Maybe one of the reasons were that they were there behind locked doors were because of the rumors that were flying around. <clears throat> because notice what is said. They were there because of fear of the Jews. Fear of retaliation. Fear that they crucified Jesus and they may came up, come after them next. And if we notice, my brothers and sisters, when you go through the Gospels, there's not an instance in which it is noted that there was a plot against Jesus' disciples. That after the crucifixion, that they were going to find them and persecute them as well. 
but there were probably rumors. And we all know, my friends, what rumors do. Rumors often cause us to live in fear or to act out of fear and therefore close the doors of our heart. Kind of a funny example, some of you may remember this. In 1973, some of the local papers were circulating a rumor that there was a shortage of toilet paper in the United States. And Johnny Carson did a comic monologue one night about the shortage of toilet paper. Well, people actually believed it. And they went out and they bought extra toilet paper in order to stock up, which almost led to a shortage of toilet paper in the United States because they were acting out of their fears. I still remember when my grandmother passed away and we were cleaning out her attic, there were these huge boxes of toilet paper. And I asked my mother, why is this? She said, oh, that was when there was the toilet paper crisis. <laughs> we live out of our fears. And we allow the rumor to control our life. There's a little story of a newspaper journalist. Her name was Nell, and she was recounting an event that happened when she was in college many years ago. She was attending a college, a li small liberal arts college in North Carolina. And while she was there in North Carolina, there was a girl named Amy who transferred in. Amy was coming from a big Ivy League school in the Northeast. And Nell commented in her column that her friends, and her friends didn't like Amy very much. Amy had nice clothes and she was very confident in class, and she transferred in, and so they didn't want to allow her to be within their inner circle of friendship. And so they kind of kept her out. And then someone noticed that after Thanksgiving, every Friday, Amy would leave campus, and then she wouldn't return till late Sunday evening. And then someone noticed it was an older gentleman who picked her up. And so the rumors began to fly. Of course, then, everyone was saying that Amy was having an affair with this older gentleman, and he was married, and this and that. And so all of this was going along until Christmas break came, and they found out that Amy had been hospitalized for trying to commit suicide because of the rumors. And when the school counselor set all, set all the girls down, she told them the real story. Amy was in college in the Northeast, but she came back to North Carolina because her mother was dying of cancer. And every weekend, it was her father who picked her up on Friday so she could spend time with her mother and brought her back on Sunday evening. But you see, my friends, what rumors can do, and maybe it's one of the fears of the disciples in the gospel, and maybe it's one of our own fears as well <clears throat> that keep us behind locked doors. And if it's not the rumors, my brothers and sisters, what we also notice about the disciples is, is that because of their fear, they keep themselves behind those locked doors also because they shelve their faith. I always say when you wake up in the morning, my brothers and sisters, to a new day, every day has two handles. And those handles are either the handle of faith and trust in the Lord, or it's the handle of fear and anxiety. 
And you and I must decide which handle we're going to grasp as we move into the day. I remember when I was in college at Loyola, I was on the streetcar one Sunday going back to campus. And there was this little boy on the streetcar who was probably coming back from church because he had this little card in his hand that said something to the effect of, have faith in God. And there was a little picture that he drew of God. And he was hanging out the streetcar sort of window with his little picture. Well, you know what happened. He let go and the picture started to flutter away. And the little boy jumped out of his seat and he ran to that conductor and he said, stop the streetcar, I lost my faith. <laughs> and the man was very kind, he stopped the car. And the little boy ran out to get his little car that said, had faith in God. And I remember someone on the streetcar saying, the innocence of children. And there was an older woman sitting behind him who said, if only all of us took our faith that seriously. The disciples, my brothers and sisters, they spent three years with Jesus. They saw the miracles that he performed. Yet they were locked behind closed doors <coughs> because they shelved their faith. And maybe, my friends, they were also locked behind those closed doors, closing off their life to God. Not only because of the rumors, not only because of a lack of faith, but also, my brothers and sisters, maybe, just maybe, because of this profound experience of being alone. I mean, remember, they spent their time with Jesus. These were not atheists or agnostic individuals. They went to the synagogue. They knew the Psalms, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. But now they start to question. Jesus is no longer physically in their midst. They remember Good Friday. The tomb is empty, but they don't know exactly what to make of it. And this profound spirit of being abandoned. Oftentimes, my friends, that spirit of abandonment or that spirit of rejection is oftentimes which keeps us in our fears behind the locked doors of our lives. True story, in, during uh, World War II, in Poland, there was a little village, and I'm not going to try to pronounce this name, so just trust me, there was a little village in Poland. <laughs> and this little village... One Sunday, everyone was in the local church because it was a very small village, just one little church there in town. And that was the day the Nazis came to occupy the village. And so when the Nazis came, the Third Reich, they told all the people to come out of the church. And so all the townspeople come out of the church. And they lined them all up right there in front of the church. And as they lined them all up, they lit the church on fire. And so they were all the townspeople lined up outside of the church, and the church was burning down. Now, those people had a decision to make. They could have quivered in fear. They could have felt abandoned by God as they watched their church burn, but they didn't. You know what they did? As the German soldiers raised their rifles, they began to sing. They began to sing a hymn to the Lord, a hymn of thanksgiving. 
And they kept singing and singing. And every time they got to the refrain, they thought to themselves they were going to hear the bullets fly. But when they finally looked up, they saw tears running down the faces of the German soldiers. And they just kept singing. And the soldiers eventually got back in their vehicles and they left. Now, my brothers and sisters, they could have felt abandoned. There they were outside of their church burning to the ground with rifles pointed at them. They could have lost their faith, but they didn't because they knew the profound and abiding presence of God. Because what does Jesus say to the disciples as they're hovering behind closed doors? He appears to them, and he doesn't say, how y'all doing? He doesn't say, how your mama now? What he says, he says, peace be with you. The profound peace that only Jesus can give. And you notice how it continues. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. My brothers and sisters, if we want to overcome our fears and our anxieties, if we want to overcome all of the things that keep us behind locked doors this day, that close off our heart to God's love and to God's mercy and to God's grace, then we need to allow Jesus to break through. And he can break through. And he wants to say to you and to me, peace be with you. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And like Thomas in the gospel, my friend, if we are believing, and if we are trusting, then we can say, my Lord and my God. May God grant us the grace, my brothers and sisters, to truly hear the voice of Jesus in our own lives.